Welcome in everybody to another episode of the Nothing Catchy Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Dewey, ready to talk to you about week two in the books. What happened? What's exciting? Oh man, there's a lot to get into today. This episode, man, I'm going to try to go quickly on some of the more basic stuff because there's a there was a trade that almost went through today that uh, this last week that I really want to talk about. I know there's a lot of conversations that went back and forth in our chat about it. Um, and we'll talk about that whole situation coming up. Uh, but first I wanted to say congratulations to all the team who teams who won. I wanted to go over and see my predictions and if I was correct on my predictions or not. Um, then kind of go over next week's week three. I'll do my predictions on that as well. And then from there, we will be able to kind of move forward and I'll talk about this trade. See what your guys' thoughts are. See if my logic makes sense. See if I can convince anybody of what I was thinking. Um, so first off, my predictions. I predicted catching Kelsey would win. Montenegro Mud Dogs would win. Team uh, Jake Fitzy and, uh, would win. Free Kamara would win. And Vladinator. Those were my predictions. So let's flip over here to week two. See if I was correct. Uh, first off, catching Kelsey. I was correct on that one. 1-0 one first week. I will say, though, I would have won if if um, Nick Chubb didn't break his leg. So, um, yeah, or bust up his knee. So, you know, there's a little asterisk next to it. But a loss is a loss. So, uh, catching Kelsey won that week. So, that's 1-0. Next, I said Montenegro and Mud Dogs was going to win. And they did, handily. Uh, next, I said Team Fit- Jake Fitzy. They did not win. Chase on the case pulled off the win and actually a very sizable win. So I was wrong on that. Two and one right now is my record. Uh, Free Kamara was my next win uh, or next one that I said was going to win. And I was correct on that. Um, Free Kamara won another very handily uh, game. Uh, Next is the Vladinator. That would be my next game that I said was going to win. And I was wrong. The Vladinator uh, did not pull it off. Um, that was a very close game by about almost two point, three points or so. Um, and then I'm noticing I actually forgot to add my other team on there um, of who was going to win. So I'm pretty sure we'll have to go back and check the audio. But I'm pretty sure I said Goffenheimer was going to win um, against Patty. And I was right about that as well. So I think I actually went five and one this week, um, which is pretty good. That's not too bad. Um for my very first week of calling games, uh, going five and one, we'll see if I can keep a winning record this next week. So, looking at how it goes, uh, Pangwangle myself is going up against Team Anubis. Uh, both of us are one and one, and currently is saying Team Anubis is going to win. Um, looking at the lineup, however, again he could change things after um, this week's um, this week's waiver wires and stuff like that. So. You know, it's kind of hard to do the prediction of who's going to win this week due to that alone. Um, but I'm going to take a I'm going to take a stab at it. I'm going to say I'm going to win this week. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to call my number. Um, we're going to say Pang Wangle is going to win um, this week uh, for week three. Next up, Montenegro Mud Dogs going up against a Vladinator, a one and O or one and one versus an O and two team. I'm going against Montenegro Mud Dogs. I'm not going to bet against them for a while. They're a pretty strong team. Even though the projected points are less than the Vladinator, um, 
I wouldn't go up against them. I, Montenegro Mud Dogs has got a good, good team, especially the defense that he has running. He's running the Cowboys defense, who's been going ham, and they get Arizona. So that's going to be a lot of points from your defense. Um, next game, the money mess. Uh, Jim, or gotta love it. Gotta love it versus team Jake Fitzy. Ooh, that is a tough one. Looking at the lineup really quickly at a glance. Um, I'm going to actually say, say team Jake Fitzy's going to win this one again. Um, it's another rough situation, especially for God love it. And Saquon Barkley's going to be out and looking at who he has for running backs or other options on his bench. Um, might be a little rough. Actually, I, Ooh, if Miller comes back, he might actually be, have a, a good chance to win that one. Uh, God love it. Might actually pull it off, but. I'm still going to go with uh, my first choice here of Team Jake Fitzy is going to pull off that win. Let me make my notes here so I don't forget. Team Jake Fitzy. Uh, next is going to be Jake Prosser's game, the Joe Ever Forever. Uh, it's Joe Ever for you versus Chase on the case. Both team, well, uh, the Joe, it's Joe Over for you is one and one. And case on the chase, or chase on the case. Oh my gosh, my dyslexia. Um, they are two and zero, and they're currently equally matched. Um, you know, as a quick glance here, I'm going with it's Joe over for you, unless of course um, Chase on the case chooses to grab a different QB. I think his QB situation is a little bit suspect kind of thing but we can go into that a little bit later i've got some advice for him if he wants to take it uh but like i said i'm gonna say it's joe over for you is my pick for that game joe over for you two more games to pick here number two or the second to last one we got free kamara two and oh versus patty's secret formula i don't even have to look at the team i'm going free kamara i think they're gonna win this week and the last one, it's a 50-50. It's a really close game. We have uh, both teams are one and one. Catching Kelsey versus Goffenheimer. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. I'm going, ooh, man, you guys both have stacked teams. I really like both of your guys' teams. If I had your guys' teams, I would be happy. Um, I'm going with Catching Kelsey. Catching Kelsey, you are going to win this week as well. So, we're going to see how my predictions go this year and see if I am going to keep a winning record on my predictions from a Tuesday before waiver wires. Do, 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 do. Um, okay, so now that I went over my last week's predictions, this week's predictions, um, I did want to spend a little longer of time here going over statistics, going through all these different things um, just to make sure I can explain myself. So first, let's bring up the chat here. Um, nope, not direct messages. Um, I can even go to trades review. No, again, this is you guys are getting the full um, trade history. There we go, and then there we go. Okay, so I've got the trade that was accepted by both parties, and we'll go over who the two people were, the players, all that fun stuff. Um, and how it came to be. So originally, Maddie, Matt Zacharias, um, he reached out to me um, and said, "Hey, I want to, I want to do a trade." 
Um, he was looking for some running backs, and he I'm really stacked in my running backs, uh, meaning I just have lots of them. Um, none of them, like I don't have like a ton that are all superstar amazing, or I did, but not necessarily as much anymore. Um, but he wanted to come and get some of my depth, um, which were starters on their teams and consistent and all that fun stuff. Um, but he was willing to give up some of his key contributors to be able to make it, make it worth it. Um, to kind of give anybody who's not in the league listening, know my depth, um, my team, I had Nick Chubb, I had Tony Pollard, um, I had Isaiah Pacheco, I had Joshua Kelly, who's the backup for the Chargers, um, because the starter's out right now, Aaron Jones, Brian Robinson, um, yeah, so those are my those are my running backs. I've got a lot, um, and pretty stacked, so what is that, and that's a total of four, five, six, six running backs, um, looking at his team, um, league, go over to Patty's formula. His running backs are Miles Sanders, um, Dalvin Cook, and then his next ones are um, Cordell Patterson, Jarek McKinnon, and that's it. So he has four. And if you kind of look at how his teams are, are made up, like Miles Sanders is currently the starter for his team, but there's a good chance he's not going to be the starter for long. Dalvin Cook would have been great if Aaron Rodgers was still in, but the fact is, is he's the backup to Brees Hall, who is amazing. Um, and so, like, he really it doesn't have consistent starters on consistent teams for his running back position. And then his depth on his bench, Cordell Patterson is not the starter for the, the, um, the Falcons. And neither is Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon is technically probably the third string. Um, still highly used, but not not to the extent that you would want to play him every week. So with that being said, he knew he had a problem. He knew he needed to get some, some different players going. Um, and so he reached out and was willing to give up Debo Samuel, who is one of his wide receivers, um, and Patrick Mahomes. Those were the two he was willing to give up. So... Um, well, and he also said he was willing, I think he was, he was willing to give me Miles Sanders in this trade. I didn't want Miles Sanders cause I, I didn't, I don't really believe in him. So he came to me, said, want some running backs. I said I was willing to trade Brian Robinson and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, he then said he would give me Debo Samuel and Patrick Mahomes. I agreed. We went forward. There's a lot of conversation about how that's not fair and, and, and whatnot. So ultimately the, the. Uh, after hearing the arguments back and forth on the, or discussion, it wasn't really arguments, but discussion in the chat, Matt said, Hey, you know, I think I jumped the gun too quickly and was one. I think I probably should not, uh, move forward with the trade. I was fine with that. I said, you know, Hey, that's okay. Um, so I vetoed as a co-commissioner. I just vetoed it after Matt said that. And I was willing to do that. Um, and it was before the Monday night game, uh, that we decided to veto it. So we vetoed it, we moved on, all that kind of stuff. Now, with that, all that being said, um, I'm kind of winging it here. And in the next 15 to 20 minutes, I kind of want to talk about my strategy, my logic, um, fantasy football as a whole, all that kind of stuff, and why I think that 
this trade was actually a fair trade and potentially even a not good trade for me. Um, but, and, and yeah, um, me being getting, giving up Brian Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco and receiving Patrick Mahomes and Debo Samuel. Um, so first I want to talk about the, the, the theory of vetoes and stuff like that for, for trades and leagues. I'm a very big proponent on not having the ability to vote on trades because ultimately what that means is not only do you have the hard uphill battle of convincing another player to trade players, which as everybody knows is not an easy thing to do. Um, but once you finally do that, you then have to make sure you can convince the rest of the league that it's a fair trade. I feel like vetoes and reversals should only be when it's an obvious collusion type thing. When you find that somebody's obviously colluding, trying to help somebody win in a certain way, um, usually that's found and seen at the end of the season uh, when one person's like, yeah, I'm not playing anymore, I don't care anymore, and just trades all their good players to the best team because they want them to win, right? That's an obvious level of collusion and not really fair. Um, so that's my personal opinion is when it comes to vetoes and comes to the league, you really shouldn't have that veto aspect as well as I feel like it, the trades should be instant. I don't think trades, once they're made, should take 24 to 48 hours to go, especially with games on Monday night and Thursday night because if you do it, don't get the trade done at the right time, you potentially could be without the player for two weeks and it just, it's messy. So this is my petition, Jake, if you're listening, that next year we need to make sure that we, and if people are agree on it, that we don't have the a veto capability and that trades go through instantly whenever they happen. I think that that is better for the league as a whole. Now, with that being said, there's many strategies when it comes to drafting and creating your roster and stuff like that um there's the question of what is the value like what is the most valuable uh position in sports uh, or in, in fantasy football so there's a reason we don't draft kickers first overall right there's a reason we don't ca draft defenses in the third round of, of of leagues and stuff like that um there's too many variables. You don't know if the team's going to actually be good or defense is going to be good or not um, and things like that. But if you go back and you look at how – like like I went back to last year when there's a full season that's been played um, and pulled some statistics on this. So since we're a 12-team league, anything that's in the top 12 is considered a, a, a one, right, The a top in that position. Um so the, theoretically, the top 12 QBs would be considered a QB1. Uh, the top 12 wide receivers would be considered a wide receiver one. Uh, the top 12 running backs would be considered a wide receiver, a running back one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that's a general idea of it. So when you have a position that has less uh, or, or when you have when you when you go back and you look at the statistics and you see, by position, how many are in the top 12, the top 24, the top 36 even, you'll be able to start to realize, oh, there's a lot of po these – in this position, you're going to find a lot of people who are going to score in the top of the entire league, right? So this is based upon um, all the points scored for the entire season by that person. 
you may have a week that's low or a week that's high, but this is all the points scored by that player for the whole season. So here's some st- stats for you. In the top 12 of the 2022 season, so of all last year, if you go through the top 12, there was eight quarterbacks, there was one wide receiver, there was three running backs, and there was zero tight ends in the top 12. Okay? So there's a lot of QBs in that that range. In the top 24, so the next 24 chunk, there was 12 quarterbacks, there was five wide receivers, there were six running backs, and one tight end. And then finally, in the top 36, so again, three the top the QB1, the QB2, the QB3 of the league would be in this range. The QB, uh, well, I'll actually go into that in a second. Um, so with the top 36 players in all positions for 2022, there was um, another five for QB, another five for running back, and then two for wide receivers. So what that means for total, from one, the player one in the league, to player 36, there was 25 QBs, there was 14 running backs, eight wide receivers, and one tight end. And yes, that's Travis Kelsey, who is not one tight end. So there's injuries that happen, there's all these different things that happen throughout the year that are unpredictable, we can't... We can't predict that someone's going to get hurt. Like Nick Chubb, if I would have known he was he was going to get you know busted in week two, I wouldn't have drafted him, right? But we don't know those things. So when you look at this, it's telling you, okay, there's 25 QBs that were scoring points that got in out of the whole year scored in the top 36 of all fantasy players for that season. 25. There's 32 teams in the league. That means, and what that means as well, if there's 25 QBs, technically every team could have would have two QBs, one on the starter and one on the bench, that is scoring in the top 36 players of the entire league. That's insane. That means there's QB, you can get good QB play at any point throughout the year. Off the bench, off the waiver wire, everything. Every, you know, at, at any point, you can find your QB and play the matchup and get the, a good, solid result. Then, what that means, looking at the next one, is running backs. Running backs, there's 14 that were scoring in the top 36. That tells you running backs have a high value. The, the problem with running backs is they get hurt. And also, with running backs, it means that the skill doesn't always translate. So, you know, using actually yeah, using um the Chargers as a good example. Um hold on, I'm trying to remember let me go back. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. It's pulling a blank on me right now. Um I will have it in a few seconds here. 3 2 Aiken um Austin Eckler. There we go. Okay, so Austin Eckler, right? He's amazing. He was he's was one of the top drafted uh, players um, just absolutely crushed it week one twenty four points and his replacement Joshua Kelly when he came in had the whole workload did not produce so what that tells you is running backs the player matters in running backs and who they are matter it doesn't necessarily matter the system you know. They may get the workload, but they may not be as good as the person ahead of them. They may get the goal line opportunities, but they, again, may not be as good of an opportunity. So 
you have to be really careful. We have to look for those backups who have the high skill and can pick up that workload. Um, if you're going to pick up the people and, and have good value for running backs later. So if you lose a top end running back like Chubb for me, that's a big injury and a big problem versus if I lost Kirk Cousins, right? If I lost Kirk Cousins, I could probably find another QB throughout the year who could produce at the level that I need to, to, to be consistent. But a running back, I can't. Once you lose that top end running back, good luck finding somebody who's going to be just as good and whatnot. You usually can find somebody at the beginning of the year a little bit, but there's not a whole lot throughout the year. Um, so that puts a high value on a running back. Again, because the running back is scores in the top 36 is the second highest and um, pretty close. Like it's almost double of what a wide receiver does typically in terms of the top 36. It is a position that is of high value and that you should really strive for. So coming back to the trade, I was giving up two running backs, two position, uh, a position that is of high demand, high value. Both of those people are starters on their team. Um, both are coming from potentially a high-powered offense. I would say Isaiah Pacheco is more of a high-powered offense. Uh, Brian Robinson is coming from an offensive coordinator who does love the running back position. Uh, Brian Robinson has shown to be a successful running back his rookie year and done a really good job. He did come out. He started out slow last year because he um, uh, he got shot in the butt, and he was also in the process of um, trying to make make his his himself known as a starter against um, Antonio Gibson, I believe it is. Was it Antonio Gibson? Double-checking here. Um, yeah, Antonio Gibson. Um, so his rookie year, he was fighting for starter role against Antonio Gibson. He ended up getting it, and but Antonio Gibson continued to just kind of stick around a little bit. But if you look at him overall near the end of the season, he was starting to get a lot of good consistent carries and regular. Like he was getting 22 carries, 24 carries, 21 carries, 18 carries. So he was getting the rock and the, at the end of the season, meaning they were committed to him as their running back. So, and then again, with an offensive coordinator who came in and said, hey, we want to run the ball with Eric Bieniemy. Um, week one, he got 19 carries. He got two targets, one reception, and it was a touchdown. Um this next week, he got 18 touches, two touchdowns rushing, three targets again, 42 yards receiving. So he's a great receiving um, out of the backfield, three down running back. Um, he currently, at this moment, again, small sample size, is the number three running back of the uh, for the whole um, the whole league. If he continues this pace and continues to be a top producing running back, I would argue that he would be more valuable than Patrick Mahomes because of the position that he would be filling and the points that he'd be uh, providing over the length of the season. Um, I know that people are thinking that's a crazy thing to say, but over two weeks right now, Patrick Mahomes is not a number three quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, um, if I remember right, let's go here real quick. Players. QB stats 23 season. Patrick Mahomes is currently oh interesting. Okay, fantasy point stats 23 for the season. Um, oh, I need to say it all, not just free agents. Okay. All. 
Patrick Mahomes, okay, right now is the tw- – uh, wait, no. That's not set correctly. There we go. Okay. Patrick Mahomes is the number four QB. Number four. Ones who are above him, Joshua Herbert, Jordan Love, who is the last pick in our draft, and Kirk Cousins, right? Those are people that are all above Patrick Mahomes right now. Could Patrick Mahomes continue to have a great season? Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily guarantee it. And again, looking at the other players that are out there, you know, I can get Sam uh, Howell, who currently is his points. He's He has 37 fantasy points right now. 37, which is only four, uh, oh, excuse me, six points away from Patrick Mahomes. So Sam Howell, who's a, available on the waiver wire right now, is only six points or three points each week away from Patrick Mahomes on average, which is not that far. Baker Mayfield is also on the waiver wire, 34 points, same thing. So my point is, is you're going to be able to get your quarterback, you know, if, if you want to play the game, you get the most value in the rare commodities. And I think, I believe personally, running backs are the rare commodity. That's always why I draft a bunch during the, during the, uh, during the draft, because they always get hurt. They're a high injury type position, but they bring high value depending on the offense and the skill level they have. So potentially, I could have been given up the number three or top five, a top five running back for the season to get Patrick Mahomes and Debo Samuel. Um, the area where I actually believe the trade was not fair, again, everybody was really upset about the Patrick Mahomes aspect. They didn't really care about the Debo Samuel aspect. But ironically, that's the area where I felt the most like I was getting the the most value because I think Rob Brian Robinson for Patrick Mahomes was a fairly even split. Truth be told, and I know everybody's probably still like yelling at their their phone saying that's the dumbest thing ever. And that's fine, you can believe that. But I'd still stand by the fact that, that I think that would have been a fair trade, a pretty fair trade, especially if we look back on it at the end of the year, which I hope we do, and we find that that is the case that Brian Robinson was a, a top one. Is that Isaiah Pacheco? Even though he's on a high-powered offense, Andy Reid, he just does not. He forgets that the running back exists sometimes. And if Andy Reid gets 70 yards out of his running back, he considers it a win. Doesn't need any touchdowns, just 70 yards rushing. That's a good game for Andy Reid's running backs. So really, Isaiah Pacheco's floor can be pretty low, and his ceiling could be pretty high. But the realistic thing is is Isaiah Pacheco is going to score probably about 10 points every week. Like that's kind of what he's going to score. Consistency, 10 points, that's about it. On a good day, 17, because he'll get the touchdown. Um, Debo Samuel, on the other hand, his floor is more around the 10-point range. He is more injury-prone, but his floor is more the the 10-point, the, the and his upside is more like 19 to 25 points, right? So that's where I actually felt like it was probably less of a fair trade but I figure how I see it running backs are kind of like one and a half uh, their value is one and a half to a, a the other positions which are just ones so because of it I was giving up three for two even though that mine were going to be potentially starters for me um, and would be starters for him I think it was still a fair trade because of it so anyways that was my logic that was my thinking on it um, ultimately I think I'm glad that the trade didn't go through because with my injury, um, and that's the other thing too. And this is the, real quick. Another side note here: the reason why the vetoes need to not be a thing 
and why you don't need to convince everybody on like convince your whole league that the trade is valuable is because you drafted your players with the intent and hope that they're going to be successful. The truth is you have no idea if they're going to be successful. Injuries happen, all that stuff. So whenever you're making your trade, you're trading based upon what you personally think is is good. Not what the rest of the league think is thinks is good. Like last year I was calling I, I was calling the whole time. Doug gave me props for it, where I was saying Isaiah Pacheco was gonna be the starter, Isaiah Pacheco was gonna be the starter. I believed in Isaiah Pacheco before anybody else did. And it turned out to be true, right? But if I had been trying to get Isaiah Pacheco or trade for him at the time, people would have been willing to trade him for, you know, pennies on the dollar kind of a thing. You don't necessarily have to always trade equal for equal. You trade for what your team needs and what your makeup needs. Like I would love to have the, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the consistency and never have to worry about streaming QBs or running that kind of stuff. I'd love for the consistency of Debo Samuel and be able to just run with it, right? The situation though is we all have what we want to give up, what we're willing to give up and what other people are willing to give up. And it may not seem like super fair or may not seem like a great deal for to you, but it's not really fair that I have to convince the entire league of the need or of the want. Again, if I had a crystal ball and I knew that my trade was going to be what was going to win me the league, that's great. But the truth is I don't. And this week is a great example of it. I was about ready to give up two of my great depth positions, specifically Brian Robinson, for this. I lost Nick Chubb. Imagine my lineup without Nick Chubb and without being able to replace him with Brian Robinson or Isaiah Pacheco or anybody like that. Like, that's a pretty big... I would have actually gotten worse with this trade with this injury coming through. So I'm actually pretty glad that I have this trade, that this trade didn't go through because I kept my depth and it hopefully will hold me over to be able to make it through this the 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 next few weeks and not have any more injuries, knock on wood, um, and be successful. So I hope that makes sense. I mean, I've kind of been rambling. Hopefully I got all my thoughts out there. Um, the truth is, do what you got to do to try to make your team better. And when you're a team like, um, like uh, Matt, Zacharias, I mean, the truth is the poor guy does have a rough team. I'm I'm not going to lie. He's going to be at the bottom for most of it because mainly his running backs, every single running back is bad. So what do you have to do? You have to take some of your best players and trade them to be able to get other value. And the truth is he he was extremely smart to get rid of his QB, to get two starting running backs because he easily could stream the QB position and get high value. He'd now have two starters of high value running back. He'd have Antonio or AJ Brown, who's going to do just fine and be good. And then what does he have? He has Zay Jones um, on there. He has um, Nico Collins. He can toss him in the other wide receiver. And then he just has to figure out his bench stuff. And he can probably piece together some some value there. Really, truly, it was a great trade for him. It was a pretty good trade for me. It was probably not the smartest trade for me because, again, it weakened my team as a whole where my strength is my the depth of my running back in a position that gets hurt on a regular, in a position that is of high value across the board by the end of the season of total points scored. And I can just stream the QB position. So, anyways, that's my thoughts. 
I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your week. Um, we'll be back later on, probably next Tuesday, maybe next Monday, depending on if I do my Around the Kingdoms podcast. And we will be able to talk about if I continue my streak. Um, if you have any thoughts, you know, anybody in the league, um, let me know you listened to the episode and put on in the episode that uh, your thoughts of what I was saying. If you think I had any merit, if I was way out in the field and I'm crazy loony man, um, or if you're like, hey, I think there's some valuable information there, but I'm not sure I agree with it. Whatever it is, let me know. I'd be curious to know your thoughts. Um, maybe we'll bring on uh, one of you guys onto the podcast and we can talk and discuss it a little bit more um, in the future. But until next time, see ya. Yeah.